Ahoy, mateys. This is Adrienne Barbeau, your night night, and you are listening to the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast. And yes, genius, you can call me Billy. of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that strives one day to be nothing more than a brain in a jar mm-hmm. absolutely my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode our exploration of all things silent and deadly continues as we welcome a beloved character actor into the madness as we talk Silent Night, Deadly Night 3, better watch out. And whether you've psychically connected to a serial killer or not, you can listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your ASMR hole. <laughs> And you can find us um, cooling our jets out on social media. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And it is on that book of face where we have an events tab, which leads to shenanigans and psychic shenanigans. And as this episode is releasing on Friday, December 9th, if you find yourself in the Kansas City area, Head on over to Screenland.com, where you will find they have your psychic shenanigans taken care of indoors. And virtually. And genius. The f- yeah, the Friday this episode is releasing our latest Friday Night Fright. Ho, ho, ho. And this is, as we always talk about, the the, the fun of Friday Night Frights mm-hmm. comes not only in scene theatrically, movies we grew up with right revisiting classics all of those but there's a special joy in seeing a newly released film Mm -hmm. for the first time Mm -hmm. as part of the friday night fright film series and we only do that for movies that are we're pretty sure are gonna fit the motif that are gonna be the ones that they're gonna leave that good taste (laughs) and especially if it is coming from Contemporary madman uh, Joe Baby Bigas. Mm-hmm. It's going to be of a particular kind of madness. It's going to be colorful and bloody. And by all accounts, Christmas Bloody Christmas is going to be scratching that particular <laughs> itch that you have in your holiday horrors. Dude, it's already Stephen King approved in the trailer. There's already head squashes in the trailer. In it the is trailer alone. Rad. Like <laughs> and an animatronic Santa Claus running amok killing people. And what's sold. What's great is I've seen the trailer multiple times with multiple crowds. And it kills every time. Mm-hmm. So very, very, very anxious to see that on the big screen with everyone. Now, that being said, looking forward to next Friday Night's Fright. Me too. Another one that's going to be a first time viewing for both you and myself. We should probably break out the beaded curtain, even though we haven't seen it. It looks like we should. Based on the trailer and based on the fact that Vinegar Syndrome 
is putting out the 4K <laughs> Blu-ray. <laughs> Christmas sleazy Christmas. Right? It is from 1984, <laughs> a little film called uh, 1984, a little film called Don't Open Till Christmas, and based on everything I've seen, it almost looks like it plays like a Christmas jallo. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Americanized jallo, which means it's going to have a lot of sugar in it, mm-hmm. which means even sugar probably cookies. more gratuity. Oh, yeah. This is going to be great. Uh, but very, very much looking forward to that. And you know, again, with Vinegar Syndrome, yeah. And special appearance by Carolyn Monroe. <laughs> Now, that being said, the other repertory screenings that are happening on the weekend of the 9th, and there are a lot of them, and again, very much getting into the holiday spirit, and in fact, a movie that played one of our Christmas with the Nerds. In fact, uh, thank you to everyone that came out to this year's Christmas with the Nerds. Oh yeah, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Uh, But uh, Tim Burton's Batman Returns. I fucking love Batman Returns. It is probably my one of my favorite live action Batman movies by far, by far. And uh cuz you know, mistletoe is is deadly if you mean it. So let me you eat it. Yeah, my bad. No, but the there there's the penguin just just being gnarly fucking Danny DeVito just having a ball. And then everyone that's in his crew from Vincent Schiavelli. Right, from the dude from Ghost all the way to Luther's dad. Gregory Scott Cummings, it's ridiculous. Right? It's ridiculous. And I think this is the I one know where... a guy. That's what happens when you're hanging out under the bridges. Exactly. You wind up in Penguin's crew. You wind up in the Red Triangle Circus gang. That's... Well, actually, speaking of Danny DeVito and all the, the gang in It's Always Sunny <laughs> right? Philadelphia. What other, what other repertory screenings do there? Would there be ones that where I happen to might need a mask of some sort? Do is there one where I might need to know a password? <laughs> it just so happens, genius. It'll be taken in Stanley Kubrick's Eyes Wide Shut. Oh, genius. And you're goddamn right. That is the only clip that's going to play before we get to the trailers. And I know you're not going to be there, but you're going to be there in spirit with that. So hopefully if anyone that we know is there and you see that, have a giggle, have a monstrous laugh for one Genius McGee. And enjoy the buffet. <laughs> well, I, it should be noted, I am closing with the hardcore trailer. So, you know, you got George C. Scott going, ah, oh, turn it off, ah, ah, doing all that. Yeah, it's my apologies, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> Embrace it. Embrace it. So we, <laughs> our eighth uh, Christmas with the Nerds, we opened... With a contemporary Christmas holiday genre classic. It killed. It did it not kill. It killed. It killed. We saw it in the theater, but I forgot it was also Stephen King approved mm-hmm. with the little coffin. Yeah, that, that was hardcore. People. That was hardcore. And it wasn't played for last, but at no. the same time, you're like, oh, God damn. But there were still a few monsters in the audience, but we were able to... Uh, lament the loss of just one of the great 
character actors. Yeah, and his problematic hairline. <laughs> I'm so glad you put the alligator trailer on. Because as it, soon as I saw it, I think I looked at the audience and said, check out this movie, it's fucking rad. Anytime we do anything with Robert Forrester, you're, oh, yeah. you're guaranteed alligators are going to come out there. But no, we were able to talk about the fact that it was his last performance. Uh, but you have a chance here to check out one of... and. It's what Tarantino did for uh, Travolta. He much very did for Forrester and Jackie Brown, mm-hmm. bringing him back to the public consciousness yeah. and saying, hey, this is a this really great character actor. Still out there doing his thing, yeah. And also, Jackie Brown is still without a doubt my my favorite Tarantino. Yeah. It really is. Death Proof is getting kind of close up there for me. I think it's because the older I get, just the more that one starts fitting more and more like a glove. See, that's the one I would have to say I've probably seen the least out of his catalog. Well, it's also almost like how The World's End, every time I watch it, starts creeping more and more up in the Cornetto trilogy. I'm getting that way, too. See? I'm getting that it's, way, it's too. It's age, my friend. Yeah. Our baggage is changing quite a bit mm-hmm. with the stuff that we're bringing. But then a, a movie that is an I've seen that for me. However, I did see the latest version of it. Uh, they're going to be taking uh, 1994's Little Women. Ah, with Susan Sarandon. And Winona Ryder. Mm-hmm. Well, I w- it should be noted, I will be closing out the trailers for that with... Um, Moses likes reading Little Women. Shit, I should have done that, actually. No, it was actually just the trailer for... Uh, uh, the Incredible Shrinking Woman. <laughs> Odyssey glue, Odyssey glue. What would we do without the Odyssey glue? Rick Baker in the gorilla suit. When's the last time you watched The Incredible Shrinking Woman? Probably 1992. Okay, so at least 30 years, right? Right. I was living in Stanley, no doubt, the last time I saw that. Last one I was It was probably on TV, like CBS Movie of the Week. It, but it also... I'm not saying it traumatized me, but there were moments in that movie, especially when she's caught in the garbage disposal. Yeah, that freaked, freaked me, me out. out. Yes, <laughs> I remember that scene vividly. I'm like, holy shit! Between that and rolling around with a gorilla, so like, no, that was a cool movie. I need to revisit that. Now, is that the same gorilla costume though from Kentucky Fried Movie? It is. I no, it, it probably is because like, or no, I technically it would probably be from um, no, because that was uh, trading Rick places. Ba- yeah. Okay. A lot of gorilla shenanigans back in the 80s and the 90s. I think they need to bring back gorilla shenanigan movies because gorilla shenanigan movies back in the day, even like monkey shenanigan movies, because the we don't we don't need any more. No, but no, we don't need more. Nope. Monkey shenanigans. But we need like friendly monkey shenanigans, fun monkey shenanigans. Because movies. now we have more controls with the ones and the zeros. Yes, we can. Well, and I think maybe it was the the danger of those back in the day that was kind of the appeal i don't know still like if they could pull it off right so do you, you want know? like remakes of link and monkey shine no 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 i'm talking Shockma. no no not even like bad monkey shenanigans fun monkey shenanigans okay, remake so... of every which way but loose remake of baby's day out going back in the day remake what was of... the one with um Oh my God! Um, going bananas! Going bananas! Yes, with Dom DeLuise, with Dom DeLuise. and fucking uh, Jimmy Can- J.J. Walker. Canon movie. Yeah, fucking me makes of that. And also the Canon logo trailer before Fifty Two pickup getting a response. Yeah, always a nice, mm-hmm. always a nice thing. No, no, but those shenanigan movies are great. Now we've got and we've got a lot of shenanigans going on at Screenland now. Come on, biscuit. If you would like to engage in these shenanigans from afar, you actually can do that. A uh, couple ways, in fact. 
Uh, first, head on over to ScreenlandOnline.com, where they have a number of films that you can rent from them directly, or even better, become a member of their film family by heading to Patreon.com slash Screenland, where amongst the many perks they offer, we provide a little watch party. We call it the Shutter Shoutout. And our latest one is going to be happening on New Year's Eve, mm-hmm. Saturday, December 31st. And this I'm, I'm excited uh, because we're having a chance to take in a film theatrically, but then a chance to see it at home, in the comfort of our home. Yeah. And I'd like to think we're taking in the best of both worlds, Christmas and New Year's. Our double feature is Christmas Bloody Christmas. Mm-hmm. And Terror Train. Yes, I'm looking forward to Terror Train. I've never seen Terror Train. Me neither. So it's going to be another. I've uh, I've I've seen that double feature. That's kind of perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm actually really looking kicking up the new year right, ending 2022 on the bang. I'm assuming. Hopefully. I am assuming. Hopefully. <laughs> now, of course, both of those films are streaming on Shutter, but by joining the Screenland Film Family, you're going to have access to what genius? What do you call it? It's the home game. It is. It is basically where. We put together a customized pre-show for you, uh, video introduction, Genius Eye giving you some context of the films, mm-hmm. vintage trailer reels for each movie, and of course, post-film discussion, mm-hmm. where we process our thoughts on both of these movies. And I have a feeling there's going to be a lot to talk about. Uh, Magic stuff to talk about. We, uh, we, we get David Copperfield, mm-hmm. but I really wanted a little... Doug, Doug Henning. Doug, Doug Henning. Henning. Apparently, I don't know if the um, the glitter budget. No, I would guess actually, work? no, that would have been more of uh, the You'd glitter. probably actually save with the glitter budget with, with Henning versus. Because <laughs> he used big glitter. His shits was elaborate. Doug Henning was just magical. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is very true. Now, that being said, uh, if that sounds like something that would interest you, head on over to patreon.com slash screenland but genius we're talking patreon and film family he bellies we also have our own little collection of cool cats hanging out with us on patreon and actually let's give a shout out to some of our film family members that were at absolutely our last christmas with the nerds and we'll hold off our main one till the end so i know uh marie thank you for coming out jesse uh chad Mm -hmm. diana Charles, mm-hmm. and of course, our one we're going to give a shout out here. And this cat, this cool cat, actually, we've seen him from the draft house. Oh, Ty was there too. Oh, and if TJ was there, yeah, as well. Man, we had a lot of people there. Mm-hmm. Man, we had y'all pallies. But this one in particular has been taking us from Screenland to the Alamo draft house. But Joel, love you, buddy. Hell yeah, man. Fucking rocking out. I'm glad everybody came and they had a good time. You know, I'm glad everybody had a ball. I Joel, I hope you had a blast. I know I had fun too. Fucking <laughs> Jack Frost. Okay. Reindeer Games was good. Well, I enjoyed it. And our final lineup, uh, we took in uh Wolf of Snow Hollow. Mm-hmm, which killed. Went pl- went pl- really played well. Uh Reindeer Games. Mm-hmm. And then closed with Jack Frost. So Again, thank you all that came out. Now, Joel is, of course, at the Another Time tier. So of the main perk, he has access, of course, to all the stuff we have with our Shutter shout-out. Uh, but the main perk of that tier is the commentary that we do every month. Uh, in fact, here in the month of November, our commentary we put down 
What did we do in November? Wicker Man. Oh, how did I? How could I forget the Wicker Man? Bees. That one was. That was funny. That was a lot of fun. That was fun. That was that funny. Was a lot that, of was, fun. that was jokes. Now I will say, our one in the month of December, some of you might get a little deja vu with it. Gonna have fun with it as well. Mm-hmm. Gonna have a lot of fun with it. Now, uh, if you want to have some fun with us over at Patreon, head on over to Patreon.com/slash Nightmare Junkhead, where, good lord. Do we have a lot of good stuff mm-hmm. lined up for you? Mm-hmm. And ooh, and March is just around the corner. Oh, hey, and should we know we've got everything locked in? Yeah, like all the lineups, mm-hmm. the movies are in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let the puns begin. Punish. They've already started, <laughs> and yes, a few of the the bracket lineups are from puns. <laughs> of course, and, they, of and course. they did they did knock out some movies that some people that are probably going to be, be upset there. about. So trust us, we're going to have a very um, lengthy apologetic selection episode. Yeah, well. <laughs> Big dunce hats, both of us in our separate corners. <laughs> you know what? Let's keep those dunce hats on right now because I knew going in when you suggested that we look at the entirety of the Silent Night, Deadly Night franchise. Mm-hmm. I was excited mm-hmm. because we both experienced, I One. think for the first time, uh-huh. four and five last year via Shutter Shout Out. Yeah. We both knew two. And one like the back of our hand, right? But there was one in there, genius. The mystery one. That I hadn't seen. Neither. And I hadn't seen either. Interesting. So let me just say this before we get into any and all of that. Did you know anything of via reputation, via internet articles, the social medias of Silent Night, Deadly Night 3. For the most part, I was going in blind. I knew that Bill Mosley was in it. I knew that it was like kind of like the end of the Ricky and Billy arc, right? The trilogy there. The killer snowman, actual, you know, snowman killer. Um, I knew that, well, from reputation alone, from the (laughs) Silent Night, Deadly Night franchise as a whole, because... For the most part, up until like last year, I've only seen one and two. And I was like, they're like, and it gets weirder from there. It gets crazier. I'm like, okay, how can it get crazier from Garbage Day? And then after experiencing four and five, which we will significantly get into later because there is a, I wouldn't, I can't wait to revisit because knowing then now, yeah. Well, and what's crazy is the fact that, yeah, we skipped part three to watch both parts four and five. And, mm-hmm. yeah, they were mind-blowing experiences for a number of reasons that, like, yeah, I cannot wait to close out that. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering then my expectations going in, going, well, okay, you know, it's Bill Mosley. I love Bill Mosley. I like Bill Mosley. It's, it's, uh, I know Silent where. Silent Night, Deadly Night. I know where it's going. Exactly. Like, I is know this, where it's been. Is this the deviation or is this, mm-hmm. like, as you said, is this the closure that we get? And I'm not saying that once I started looking into it a little bit more, that there was a certain little phrase, and especially back into the late 80s and the early 90s, it was a phrase that, had a lot of baggage in and of itself, and that phrase is direct to video. Yeah, that could be a death meal for a, like back in the day for a lot of movies and well, a lot of like 
because I know even me working at Blockbuster back in the day when director video shit, everyone was like, oh, did this come out in theaters? No, it's director video. Ew. You know, and people would just like there was, dismiss it. There was a stigma attached to it that it was somehow lesser than. Well, and I think because it was, and I'm not saying it was warranted, but at the beginning of the days, you know, when everybody could just pump out shit, you know, with VHSs, you would get burnt. You know, you would get a lot of like, okay, cool. This movie, it's a directive. Oh no, you know, like this is not a good movie, well, you know. There's... And but now, I mean, that, that stigma's almost gone. It's been so debunked. Well, and it's because, and it's it's because I think of like how people are watching movies at that mm-hmm. point. Because in the late eighties and the early nineties, there was that boom of VCR sales, home video market, and they realized that yeah, there's going to be those contingent of people that love the convenience Mm -hmm. they don't mind necessarily not going out to the theater and we can go directly to them right and from direct to video directly into your home that yeah let's just go ahead and start making some movies and yeah sure you're not going to probably have the budget that you have you know with your theatrical releases you may not necessarily have the a-list or b-list actors but again how many careers of some phenomenal artists started and thrived with yeah. the direct to video and stayed there and became direct to video staples and be and found second life in the direct to video. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at like uh, the action stars from back of the day. Some of like the direct to video when we came to like Seagal and Van Damme, some of their shit was gold. Uh, but like, and see, that's the thing. When it came to direct-to-video, and I'm going way back in the day when you would also have, like, the ones that were legitimate, like, we're going to trick people in cash grabs. You know, you'd have the ones that would have, you'd have Child's Play come out, and then you would have, like, Robert the Doll. Or you would have, like, Transformers, and then you would have Transmorphers. And then you had the, and so, and it was, and it wasn't just, like, subpar on quality and when it came to budgetary and special effects, but it was subpar on like heart and soul. You can always tell a difference between a movie that was made on the low budget that's made with like love and mm-hmm. like I want to do this and everybody's involved is raring to go versus a low budget movie that is just there to make more money and just like a hundred percent cash grab. Hop on whatever trend was going at the time. Yeah. So we would get burned. You mm-hmm. would get burned with some of the direct-to-video ones, and I think that's what led to a lot of the stigma. We're just mm-hmm. like, uh, fool me once, shame on you. Direct-to-video, shame on me, right? But like, I think, especially nowadays, when, you, like you said, it's the convenience is the thing. Look at some of the Netflix originals. Look at some of the Prime originals. Those mm-hmm. are winning awards. Those mm-hmm. are like going crazy. And like that's direct to video. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the weird evolution because like the direct to video, then it would become sci fi staples. And then those sci fi movies would just get direct to video theatrical, or not theatrical. They would get direct to video releases. So they would have like world premieres. And that happened all the way back in the day. Remember, um, <clears throat> ooh, Salem's Lot now on VHS. Mm-hmm. That's a TV movie movie mm-hmm. made direct to video and i sure as fuck got that movie i was like hell yeah i'm ready to get scared by that vampire kid you know so like it, yeah it was great it, and then but again it's always like and when it comes to direct to video it's almost a good analogy for silent night deadly night uh, as a whole mm-hmm. because yeah we we know where we've been we know what's coming but it's almost like 
every now and then you'll get not necessarily burned but like my like my chocolate box analogy like lots yep. like a box of chocolates you know sometimes like oh um, oh this is great and like oh this one's oh this one has the uh, pink fluff in it i like this one and let's take this one Ew. That one's weird, where you have to like look on the back of the box to see what exactly that is to know, like, okay, I got to stay away from the, the elongated one with the swirl on it. So that's a long way to say when we started taking in Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 3 as a straight-to-video release back in 1989, <sighs> this one was kind of rough because again you've got bill mosley you've got the continuation of a franchise that we know gets just even crazier bonkers in the next two films right because okay so we have silent night deadly night and it's billy right and he goes batshit then it becomes ricky and ricky becomes even more madness and then so okay so it's continually stepping up the game. We know that later on it's going to get all weird shit. So well, this is the end of the whole Ricky Bobby arc, and it's gone batshit. Now we're dealing with psychic powers and Frankenstein, played by Bill Mosley. Cool. This is going to be off the fucking wall. Everything you just told me and presented sounds like I'm. we're going to have a, the best episode. Because we had a blast with part two. Revisiting right. it. We're going to have a blast with part four. Oh, yeah. We're going to have a... We're, gonna have a <laughs> Heck of a time with part five. Oh, yeah. So let's talk part three. Let's, you know what? Actually, let's start the fact why our anticipation, our expectations, I think, were peaked is the fact we've got Bill Mosley in this. Yeah. And Dog Will Hunt. Quite honestly, we don't really get. Have we ever devoted an entire episode to Texas Chainsaw Massacre part two? I don't think we have. We've talked about it before lots. We've talked and devoted an episode to it's, Tobey Hooper. It's Huppert. been in madness. It's we've yeah, talked the effective powers of it. We'll have to go back. We might. Ha I think we've done a commentary. Have we? No, we have not. We might have to rectify that. Uh, right. Twenty three. Because all the stuff he was associated with, be it back in the eighties, his little small uh, little cameo in an Army of Darkness mm -hmm. as one of the writers to his resurgence because of his collaboration with rob zombie hell him in the blob just every time he comes out back in his little going back in his back catalog looking like oh it's bill mosley mosley it's when he's like he pulled the pullman where it's like oh look at that you know but and he was always he always added something to the movie because he had just and it's because he's a character actor yeah but he's just that character actor that's just known in the horror realm and he gets what movies he's in he, he embraces does he know he takes it over the top because you want to go he knows <laughs> when to rein in the crazy you know he can go on full throttle but then he has that good balance so that's what makes a good character actor when you can bring the crazy do you have a favorite bill mosley performance chop top chop top chop top chop top because it's just like he's he's just beyond bat shit he's he's very he's unsettling and scary yeah he is but at the same I remember and seeing that the little ticks, just him like scratching with that hook, and I remember seeing it at my aunt's house, and being ter terrified of it because I was like, "Oh my god, this is this is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre too!" Like mm -hmm. I'm going to see something unsettling, but like laughing along with some of the stuff and not knowing that it was okay to laugh while being scared, and that was that first introduction of like again the overlap between humor and horror because he's not. When you look at him, you you don't really think physically imposing. No, 
because no. he just looks like a dude. But then just when he speaks and then his different mannerisms, he can be so intimidating on different levels by either just going batshit bonkers like Chop Top or hardly saying anything and just in his speech and slowly mannerisms, just the level of violence like a cold cobra like in House of a Thousand Corpses, you know? Mm -hmm. So just like he can just he's a very chameleon actor and so that's why when like okay he's gonna play garbage day ricky fuck, uh, fuck yeah. yeah a performance yeah. that we said you know the actor can bring some cho make some choices mm -hmm. with that particular character throw some groucho eyebrows on bill mosley you fucking got it are you kidding me right? yeah let's let better watch out indeed mm-hmm he barely gets anything to do in this movie beyond just existing he gets um <laughs> four words in this entire movie now one of them is punish and one of them he utters like five six times so and that's it and the rest of the time it's him hitchhiking or just walking and shambling around it's sub Dude is not the word. No, I don't. I think, would call it. I don't think they. It's muted. Yes, I don't think they realize they what they had. Neutered Mosley, which is a shame because he is only. So this came out in '89, so he's only three years removed from Chop Top and just that iconic performance. But see, here's the thing: he still did a good Frankenstein performance where he's like, went she the tweets. Frankenstein's monster. Right, Frank, right, Frank, right. Well, I mean, <laughs> Frankenstein's creation, right? He did a good yeah. monster, like, scenes. The scenes that we did get with him, like, for example, um, and we're going to spoil the shit out of this movie. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> Where he's talking to the grandma and it's almost like very a la the movie frankenstein where the monster is like being taken care of by yeah. that elderly person yeah. just showing kindness and kindness in return until he sees the trigger that was a cool scene i mean if there was a little bit more of that you know and that would have like saved a lot of this movie but like this was a long movie. Well, well, genius, what if I said on top of... Okay, so we, we realized the Bill Mosley was undersold. So we'll talk about the Bill Mosley, yeah, a little bit later. But what if we had a, a psychic subplot to it? Ooh, I like Phenomena. Right? Or, oh, I like Carrie. I like shit like that. And from the get-go, and I think it's probably because of when it was shot and also because of the actor involved, because, yeah, she gave a strong Connolly-esque vibe... But I thought there was some ways that this almost felt like you could have gone like an Argento-esque mm -hmm. approach with this Silent Night, Deadly Night, or maybe even a Cronenberg approach a la a Scanners. Right. Because you see a lot of the psychic stuff in so many movies. There's a lot of shin shit going on in all a bunch of different movies. And like, okay, so she's a psychic... She's a psychic. Shenanigans? That, shenanigans. She's got shenanigans that can lead like Bill Mosley as the Christmas killer. Bet I bet this can go in multiple directions. I hope they have. I hope they have somebody that can just like convey the shin going on, right? Cool. And then like, oh, I, I less brevity, less than an hour and a half. Yeah, genius! It's only ninety minutes too. Better, awesome, awesome. You know, I bet we're gonna get tons of bang for, bang for our buck in this and, one. And you know what was great was part two 
Had some good escalated kills as mm-hmm. well. It, so went, it went off the rails in part at the m- end. Maybe with the brain in the jar, maybe we're going to get a head explosion of some sort. Something. Some, some like that. Yeah, some loose brains. Some, maybe we'll get some good gore, gore and carnage. You know what? Because there was a high body count in part one, better body count in part two. And I will say this, in part three, in the, the credits, the intro, I got to have a goddamn Rick Dalton moment because, hey, it's Robert, Robert Culp. Culp. Yeah. Welcome back, who we actually, our Santa Slay commentary that's on the main feed back in the day. (laughs) Apologies again to Bobby. Uh, But Robert Culp was always a welcome presence, and I honestly... Character actor from way back in the day. And from, you know, hanging around with the greatest American hero, Uh which to me, his character, yeah, was walking straight off of that set. And... He was a welcome presence to this movie because, as you mentioned, it's only 90 minutes, but it is padded. It is way padded, dude. It is padded like like I was telling you off mic, like like one of those dog training suits that they train police dogs with or like those bear fighting suits. That's how padded this movie is. This is, is Silent Night is crazy as shit. This is the cell's... This is the walls. This is that how padded it is. I to don't know them. you, genius. I don't know you let go of my purse. Right? This is nutty. Bobby Hill couldn't do anything no, to touch, this. That is how heavily this. padded this <laughs> is. And we, like you said, there were moments we would look at each other, look back up into the TV, just because things kept going Dude, and continuing and our, leering. Our first sign should have been when we open up with a girl sleeping as the credits but it's a freeze frame it's a freeze frame of a girl sleeping so at first i'm like okay is she dead i don't see her breathing right and then it kept going while the credits are going on i'm like okay so this is obviously a photograph or something it's not there's no movement of the background you can't see anything moving all right cool we're gone like a minute into the goddamn credits and then it unfreezes and then we see your sleep and then we see your sleep for another two or three minutes while the credits are playing and i'm like wow that is that is padding the credits that is extreme little lo and behold it i know that that was not but a snippet of things to come everything the action in this movie took place over like christmas day and christmas or christmas even christmas day it felt like fucking real time because a lot of shit was happening in real fucking time things were happening in real fight like let's go down this hallway and in some movies it's like okay they're going down the hallway in real time because they have to go to destination but not like not like this no there were some much needed cuts and editing that didn't happen in this movie because I think in there, in here, you could have a fun little 79-minute film. See, here's the thing. If you took a lot of cuts in there, you could even, if you wanted to continue the tradition of Silent Night, Dead of the Night, you could easily take the last 20, 30 minutes of Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 and then frame that in. Hell, fuck, you can even throw in the first couple of 10 minutes of the Silent Night, Deadly Night 1 and throw it in there for context for when you throw in part 2, which they practically fucking did because they did part 1 for 10 fucking minutes. So throw in another 20 minutes of part 2, trim the fucking fat, and then you got it. Like the escalating, the ballad of Ricky, the ballad of Ricky's Christmas, right? And so then you would have a movie and it would fucking work because there was some scenes where I was like, 
get to the fucking point. And you know, I wasn't. Here's the thing. I still had fun with this movie. This movie was still good, yes. but this movie was like jokes for not a good reason. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh my god. As you said, it's a better thing that we saw this here at your house versus in a theatrical setting because it really it takes itself very seriously it does first and foremost it takes itself long and seriously and there's a lot of like weird weird choices being made and not necessarily by some of the actors they're making yeah. slight choices this is like done by the director mm -hmm. this is like why there are more and and the director the editor and the writer because it's the same dude the same person right and it's just and well monty hellman is the the madman behind this uh this combination here but here's the thing this cat's been working since like the late like, I mean, since the mid-70s and worked all the way up until, like, 2017. Working Hollywood director there. And he's put out, like, hits, like, popular, like, award-winning hits. And he's like, I'm going to do this Christmas movie like this. And it's just like, and I'm sure, and I'm sure this is somebody's favorite fucking christmas guaranteed movie it is guaranteed it is so i did we're i mean there's we're a, and we're a podcast of positivity and we got some positive i got some positive things to say well, you know what i will say this during that opening dream sequence there's a couple <laughs> things we got number one we got this little beckoning santa which was uber creepy yeah. because santa shouldn't beckon you like that no not in a weird not in poltergeist three hallway you know what I'm saying? Not in that fucking weird, like, French now, extremity. Had you given me Nancy Allen or Tom Skerritt in this movie, I'm not saying it would have elevated Fuck it. Fuck Heather O'Rourke. I would have took Heather O'Rourke as the fucking psychic girl. And you know damn right you can give me, give us, give us all Zelda the Zelda. Zelda Rubenstein. You're right. I can see with my third eye. Ricky can get better. He just needs more nutrients. He's over there. She's over there feeding him bananas and milk for Christmas and okay. shit. Okay, you know what? Let's talk about that fucking spirit of Halloween shit they got going on. It it didn't distract me, but it's one of those things. I got one of those brain. You actually have panel. one. Do no, you know? no. Go go grab it if you want because it's it to me. It looked like. Almost equal parts of something that the Sawyers would serve you at a holiday, like, gathering. And it's almost like their version of Ambrosia with head cheese because it's the brain. It's the, it's the, it's the, the sauce that it's in. Like, it looks like Tom Servo. It looks like something that they would make on the Satellite of Love because all it is all it is is like a plexiglass dome, like jello mold dome, mm -hmm. some fucking foam around it, a little battery pack with some wires that blink, 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 and like that juice, yep. that, that that weird it's brain that marinade. Goo. Yeah, that's it. And, and they just scarred up his face a little bit. Yeah. And that he's our monster. And the movie, the premise, and the whole thing that's pushing it is this sci scientific research. Science. It's all about science. <laughs> And it's all about having these psychics find this coma connection with serial killers. Someday we'll find it. The, the coma, coma connection. connection. The sleepers. The dreamers. And me. <laughs> Dreamscape. Like, five years before, 
kind of delved into that. And and then speaking of, because again, going to see the whole procedure, we see his whole like a five minute ASMR video, because he's like sleep, relax, and he's over there scratching scratching your hand like just relax, just dream, and tingles, tingles. Then it was that's right, kids. It's time. But there was time for sleep. And it went dream. on, kept going and on. Dream. And dream, and, and then he the, and then he walked away. And dream, and dream, and dream. It was. And don't forget to dream. It was nuts, and that's when that was another point we looked at each other. Like, we're like, how long is this movie? Why so much padding? Goddamn, Doctor ASMR. And I was so afraid that you would. Because I've done it before in the past where I've gone to see like how far along we are in the movie. I was really tempted to towards the... But that can be so disheartening when you're like, oh, no, oh, we got like four. Like, we how got much it. more? We just got... We're five minutes in? Yeah. We're five... <laughs> God damn! Something better happen! And that's just it. I needed... In the third entry of a franchise like this that has shown escalation and escalation and madness, escalation and gore and gratuity and all that kind of stuff, here and... Maybe it's to its credit that it went such a different route. Well, very true. But at the same time, it was just executed weird because we talk about padding. We're first in the first five minutes. We take her. She's walking down the hallway being beckoned by Santa. Santa gets weird. But then what's the next dream she has? It's the first fucking five minutes of part one. Which And then they show we, it again when we, she has the dream again. They show the full extended scene of part one. And we were I'm not saying we were groaning at that point, but it was just like really like, God but damn. I, although I will say it gave me the revelation of the fact that the mom in the OG Silent Night Deadly Night was Adrian Barbo's car partner in the cannonball run. That's crazy. So she's only missing the jumpsuit. Yeah. So here's the thing. That being said, do you think she has the record for like most nude scene shown in consecutive movies? Because you, it's the it, should they show her boobs from part one in one, two, and three? I'm sure, given the chance, they'd show them in four and five. I'm just hoping she's getting some royalty checks. Exactly. Out of that. Every time, punish. Every time that plays, well, she gets some sort it's of part cash of the most flow. Pleasant scene in the first film, right? The and they bring it back. They bring back. And then here's the thing. So talk about padding. They bring back two of the most traumatic scenes from the first film. The one that the the the, the, the rape by Santa Claus, the attempted rape by Santa Claus, and then two, the fucking scene where Santa Claus gets blown away by the cops in front of the children, which. Gives me Face a giggle it. every time. Made you giggle every time. Every time. Every Which... time. I'm like, I don't want it's Christmas. I don't want to be told I'm a monster. You know, I don't want to be. Fa- I know I am. You know, and I know you're catering well, to me, but at the same time, this whole coma connection almost calls back to uh, that movie, The Cell. Yeah, a lot and of shit. It, there's so there's like I said, there's some interesting stuff that's like bubbling under the surface, but but it's also a weird, horny movie. Because like yeah. like well how 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 horny genius how what are you talking about no no like let's call it, we're still going back to the doctor remember when he was talking to the doctor and she's talking to her like what happens well well what happens is when you penetrate the dream you have to get like he is and he, he is doing some freaking like um um oh my god uh, Tobias Funke 
double entendres it's in like, there. It's literally mind fucking because he's like, well, when the two brains get together, they have a connection, and then one penetrates in the other one, and they have to find the soul. Crazy, and the whole, right? And it's just like, goddamn, dude. And this speech goes on for like three or four minutes. Right, and, and he's talking to the, and then then they're like, "Well, where are you gonna go? I'm gonna go see Grandma in uh, Peru, Peru, Baru? No, Peru. It's up, and they got millions of oranges, oranges for me, right? And I'm like, okay, let's remember that later, and remember this later because that's another beef I have with this movie. There's a lot of non-Chekhov stuff that's thrown about there, and when the shit that should be Chekhov shit isn't. Not- and it's like, come on, we don't need to know half this shit. The shit that we need to know, you're like, okay, let's glance. That's like the equivalent of like if making love and uh, on a waterbed and smoking pot was the main point of pieces. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just like, come on. Oh, well, here we go. Here we go. Let's let's talk something that I enjoyed. That weird. Oh, that doctor. And he wasn't he, a doctor diddle, but just the way he said it was. No, gonna... it's it's it's. It's bedside manner goes a long way, and that is like that is some uh, walking through a beaded curtain kind of bedside manner. He wasn't trying to be it then. No. It's just it very was like Tobias phrasing. Yeah, Bill Mosley gives a darn good coma performance, almost as good. I was going very Patrick esque with the single tear, with the single tear, chopping down his when side. he was going. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I guarantee. I'd like to think that he at least watched that little film. And was like, I could do that. Unfortunately, <laughs> there wasn't any other telepathic sadness. That other kind of connection that right. can happen there. Speaking of sadness, because Patrick was sad. This, I don't know if it was me, but this girl. Not saying she was insufferable. But, like, she was kind of insufferable. And the thing is, she had rest and happy face. Did you notice that? It's like every time she looked scared, angry, confused, she always had, like, this content smile. It was- just, like, just zen. And I'm wondering if that is built in the performance that she's playing blind. So that's how she's, you know, make- funneling that into the performance, possibly. I definitely got some very combated vibes from her to the point. And I think it was that when we're introduced to her brother and her brother's girlfriend and her brother's girlfriend says something along the lines, Oh, you know, your, your brother speaks highly of you. Oh, and yeah. And I hear you great. Give good head. And I'm like, God damn. Nice to meet you too. Laura Frangia Como. And okay, so this was the other moment where I had was like kind of like a little Rick Dalton moment. Now that is not so much that it is Laura Haring, who I was familiar with. She is a Lynch collaborator. She actually was in the film uh, Mulholland Drive. She has uh, stars opposite Naomi Watts. Uh, see, this does seem like a Lynch movie gone wrong. There, that's just it. Uh, there's a number of ways this movie could have gone wrong in a good way, possibly. Yeah. Because I think there's some really cool seeds planted in terms of those ideas. It's but just way overly padded. It's just, it's, it's almost clinically executed. Yeah. And, this and, is, this is too long. I mean, like, for example, when she's, when she has the moment of that weird shin in the and we're still in the first 20 minutes and it seems like it seems like we've been talking about the same five minutes for like the first 
for the last 10 minutes that's what this movie does that's this is an example of it right so she's in the reception hall and the reception's like merry christmas fuck you or something like that but first we see like this weird oh no she's like can you tell me if uh can you tell me if my brother i'm obviously blind as you can see i'm busy sit down bitch right and then she sits down and then for like another three minutes we just see her waiting in the waiting room with ominous glockenspiel music playing in the background. What did we say that was? It was a ratchet. It's called a ratchet. Like a wooden spinning ratchet. This is the most ratchet-heavy score. Oh, it's ratchet, all right. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. And so we're sitting here listening to ratchet music, watching her in the hallway, zoom in, zoom out, other angle, zoom in, zoom out, other angle, zoom in. Oh, my brother's here no point oh and then we see her like the we see the reception is dead and then next thing you know the brother's there mm-hmm. and he's there in his full fucking tennessee so, tuxedo between that and his hair and his his body hair as well and again that's that's my people out there you know i love representation on the big screen Ooh, he is like late 80s early 90s hessian like perfection he looks like he is ready to go to a striper concert at any fucking minute he is ready to rock he's got that little mustache he's got the curl he's got the big curly hair he's it's, got the brow again he's got the, the the tennessee tuxedo just fucking in full force it's stunning yeah it's stunning it's a character in and of itself and i'm like okay here we go madness and he delivers his subdued performance until later Again, this it, is well, it's and there were points in the film, especially the interaction that he had with his sister. Well, and you know what? The sister was a habitual line stepper, too. When she's like, you know what? I'm sure I could be good. You know, I'm sure that would be a good thing. And she says, oh, yeah. And pit bulls make great pits. They do. They're great. They do. She's just I think she's really misinformed unfortunately she, right she's horrible she's just mean to everybody and everything and then like i'm not i'm not dumb i'm blind and like well obviously but you don't have to be a bitch about it just like be cool with everybody and everybody be cool with you in fact even her shrink said look just let people help you you even if they know you know they can walk the street just let them do it it makes people feel good and it, it's you need that connection and he was even telling her like to tap into the anger a little bit as well and it's like well it seems like the anger thing is not a problem Anger's not an issue Anger's not an issue because she's just snapping it everybody again habitual line stepper it's it's kind of grand now that being said genius we've talked about your previous adventures shenanigans when you were in your 20s a traveling comedian have i pick up hitchhikers yes now <laughs> will i pick up hitchhikers anymore no no nope. Un- well i say that Unless the right circumstances. Well, now, of course. There's... I have a couple of s- stories about my picking up hitchhikers and people broken down. There's some great ones. There's some ones that end up pretty cool. There's some ones that end up uh, not as bad as like I, I'm missing body parts or anything like that. But at the same time, <laughs> one, would I pick up a hitchhiker 
that what is obviously broken out of a hospital because they're wearing the hospital gown and not only that has this weird fucking contraption on his head no no the only reason why it would make sense that he got picked up in the first place is he got picked up by that fucking cholo driving the fucking jeepers creepers man he's obviously making bad decisions you know, so of course the bad decision is going to be picking up that crazy hitchhiker. Yeah. Yeah. Even if I was like, hey, look, it's Bill Mosley. I'm like, oh, it's oh, Bill Mosley. I'm going to keep going. As much love as I got to Bill Mosley at the same time, I don't know if I want to be driving on a dark desert road with him. Oh, no. Because then, you know, a block up, you're going to run into Richard Brake, and it's like, oh, uh, no. Uh, what no, kind, what no. the hell kind of street am I on this here? This is not good. Right? <laughs> Hey, let's go pick up Elijah Wood over there. Like, ah, no! You know, just like so. When that moment happened, and again, we were ha we were going on a journey throughout this. And I movie. love Cholos, but goddamn it, dude, it was rough. And he even introduces, and we find out he hates Christmas too. So I thought There's, they were gonna be traveling buddies. Yeah, no, no, it's a trigger. He has a trigger genius, and he's like a goddamn Christmas bull because. It's the color red. It's the color red. Anything red Christmassy, he fucking flips the fuck out. And the dude's got that, like, bad Christmas sweater. You my know? wife's got to make me this bullshit. He doesn't like the sweater. You would think he'd be like, oh, punish. And that's another thing. Yeah. Fucking, yeah. he just says, Laura. He's like the ASMR monster. That's all he says. Laura. Even if it, it'd be cool if it was Gloria, then, like, Gloria. Then you can, like, remix it into shit. Down at Glo <laughs> Gloria. Gloria. But you can't do shit with Laura. Nope. Right? And so he's over there. Laura. And getting pissed off at Cholo's wearing red ugly Christmas sweaters. At least they could have gone in on something. And then, so then hot on their tail is fucking Robert Culp and Dr. ASMR, who looks like a cross between Diedrich Lassiter and, um... <laughs> Oh, I just had it. Who was it? It was Dietrich Lasseter and uh, and Michael Shannon. Didn't he? Especially when he got like all Creep Factor 9, unintentional Creep Factor 9. So they're over there rolling around. And again, talk about padding. We're oh. seeing everything in real time except killing, mm -hmm. except murders. Everything off screen. Everything off screen. The shit that we should be seeing, the shit that we should be lingering on. No. Instead, we're getting a five-minute uh, info infomercial from Robert Culp on like T-Mobile. Hey, he was early on the bandwagon. Okay? He was. He saw the future. Yeah, he was, because he was like, hey, this is great. He has GPS. You can call anybody from anywhere. Like, it's wonderful. And the doctor's like, oh, I believe in science. Well, this is science. This is science. Well, you're over there trying to get in people's dreams and connecting up to like the great subconsciousness. Meanwhile, Robert Culp actually has like a good investment opportunity. Because seriously, if I would have gone in on fucking day one from Apple stock back in the day, shit, balling. But no. I'm, instead, he's going to throw his money to fucking psychic connections. Like fucking, tell Madam Cleo, call me now from your cell phone, right? Just like fucking stupid. And she wasn't even a real psychic. At least this one has real powers. Okay. <laughs> there's a, there's a, there's a, that's a franchise mist right there. God damn. <laughs> Miss Cleo going up against a cavalcade of just like monsters out there. It sounds like you don't like Christmas. <laughs> Then you know what? You don't like the snow. You should go right to Jamaica, right near the beach. Boy, can you recommend any places, Madam Cleo? No, I've never been there myself. You know, just like. <laughs> Not saying it would have been a better, made a better movie than what we saw. Punish. But at least. Punish. <laughs> You've been naughty. 
<laughs> he's over there, Santa Claus. I stick by my story. <laughs> he's got the big old Santa Claus hat. If I wasn't ready to punish, why would I wear this hat? Uh, my apologies. We are way off. Way off. You know what? No, let's go further way off because another thing that took us way off uh, and out of the movie was when we get to Grandma's house. She's got that picture. She's got the picture of Martin, Martin Luther, Luther King. King. No, I'm not saying that. If you got a picture of Martin Luther King, that's bad. I'm not saying that bad grandma's bad at all for having a picture of Martin She's Luther King in her mantle. That's pretty fucking cool and very progressive of her. But at the same time, Family portrait, family portrait, family portrait, Jesus, family portrait, family portrait, Martin Luther King just lording over everything. It's, it's huge. Big... It's poster size. And it's not even had like one of those inspirational ones with the I Drive a Dream speech on it. Nope. No, it's, it's just... big. And it's not painted like fucking. Nope. No, like. No, it's just a bit. And it's just. It's boof, blink and you miss. You're like, God, well, Grandma's cool, but why? It, it has to rival like Abraham Lincoln in the back at that Halloween Four diner of just randomness and weirdness in terms of the production design. I bet you that was somebody's house. Like, you know what? You can yeah. do whatever you want in my house, but you do not fuck with that Martin Luther King poster up there. All right, then kill, throw blood on as long as you clean it up. But if you touch a drop on the good Reverend Doctor. Then the filming is over. So, no. And we didn't have to worry too much about it because, again, I'm not saying everything was bloodless. It's actually the nurse's throat slip was pretty gory. But it's, again, off screen. And there's the reveal. And same thing. We don't see grandma's reveal later. But she, grandma, apparently the shin runs in the family. But it's useless shin. It's It's useless shin. She knows the fact. She's like, oh. The phone's about to ring. Oh, the mail is here yeah. before shit happens. But yet she can't see that, like, the person at there wearing this big stocking. Get, like, that's the equivalent of when, like, the Ninja Turtles tried to go out in incognito, the, the overcoat and the hat. You know, he just had that big Ed, Ed, and Hetty hat going on. And he was like, hey, I'm here for Christmas, right? Didn't say shit. Oh, come on in. My Laura will be here. Laura. Right? And then she gets offed. But she has that shin. She should have known that, like, hey, something's wrong. Or, like, because she was even psychically connected to Laura. And we assumed because of the shin and the placement of a telephone. Right. And the way the camera zoomed in on it would be of the something of importance. Chekhov's phone placement, yes. right? And the fact that they, okay, so if the grandma has a second connection with Laura, mm-hmm. fucking Ricky has a second connection with Laura. By de facto, wouldn't the grandma have a second connection to Ricky, and especially that close of a vicinity, fucking right there, fucking sharing meals? The only thing that would have made it better is if they would have done sharing meal style a la Young Frankenstein. Right? But they kind of did because, like, look, I got a present for you and it was her kindness that 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 did her in it was kind of sad i was actually like you said enjoying those little moments they had with each other Mm -hmm. and then we get a awkward bathtub sex scene yeah that's the weird thing so we get this weird awkward bathtub sex scene and then we start where we see like okay padding padding more padding more padding more padding more padding okay we're going to have a very padded uh, gratuitous undressing bathtub getting in the bathtub and it starts off and then boop it just cuts off real quick and i'm like okay well they took the high road 
boop, and they come back later on after a whole nother padded scene where they're just already in the bathtub and he's got curly hair and all, and they're like, and it's kind of a padded scene, but not, and then they go boop, and then I'm like, so the nudity and the kills, the things that should be padded are not padded, nope. but nope. like infomercials, bad shins, um also the weird uh big bad wolf analogies going to grandma's house grandma getting there i was just waiting for grant for uh um frank and billy to be or frank and ricky to actually have the grandma outfit the grandma on. outfit out with the stocking with the old like had the nightcap and the nightgown and shit like that laura right it was wacky and then but no and then here's another thing so all the checkoffs, things that should have been checkoffed, were not checkoffed, and all the checkoff things that were checkoff should have been checked off. Again, she's talking about Peru when she, or uh, Peru, Peru or something, because uh -huh. they made a note. The doctor was like, Peru? No, it's like an hour and away. It's like if I say I'm going to Manhattan, you're like Manhattan, <laughs> like uh, New York? No, Manhattan, Kansas, fucking worse, right? Don't get me wrong. If you live in Manhattan, Kansas, I love you to death, but you know it's not as cool as Manhattan, New York. Don't even trip. So, um, <laughs> so like, we're going to Peru. All right, well, P-I-R-U. We're going to P-R-I-R-U. And he goes, north or south? How many Peru in California that are about an hour and a half away are there? Like, I only know of one Manhattan. I only know of one Lauren. Now, there's a Nevada, Missouri. But at the same time. That's the fun of regional stuff, man. I guarantee you someone in there is like, that's my place. Oh, you're a you're a townie. You, you gotta watch about Southern Peru, though, right? <laughs> right. That's South more Peru. That's more of an Ogdenville idea. <laughs> <laughs> but it adds that particular kind of flavor, I guess. <laughs> uh, but no, all it adds is just padding. So much padding. Speaking of padding. So everything's happening in real time. The cooking scenes are happening in real time. The telephone scenes are happening in real time. And then the conversations are happening in real oh, time. Oh, yes, they are. When Now, I've never had a sister. And so I don't know about the whole, like, getting dressed in front of everybody protocol. Right? But, like, she's getting dressed and they wind up having matching outfits. They're both rocking the Tennessee tuxedo yes, hard fucking core. They're both playing Mario because they're denim, 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 right? So they are full on. She, He's watching her get dressed after he just had a bath with his girlfriend. She's freaking out and she's being just, a, just, a, just nasty to everybody. He has his heart-to-heart -heart talk with her. But the way he, again, phrasing the way, you know, one of these days we'll find that problem and nip it in the bud and we'll just have to grind together and work hard. And It's not even the phrasing. It's, it's just the way he says the it. intimacy of the touching. At a certain point, I thought he was helping her button up the blouse she was putting I on. I thought he was helping her button down the blouse he was she was putting <laughs> because on. Because that was the other point when we were like, oh, no. Oh, is this House Lannister? House Lannister? Is this Silent Night, Deadly Night? Are the flowers in the attic? Like, what's going on here? This isn't good. No. Is Silent Night, Lannister Night? Like, I don't like this. And that's our baggage we're bringing. <laughs> right? Because we both went there. But it was so, because he was like, it was phrasing. And it's the way, and like, the look in his eyes. It's like he 
was like, in a relationship with her off screen, he and he misread the cues. Yeah, the, the the longing look that happened didn't feel brotherly. No, no, no. It, it felt like something that you'd click on on a certain little hub, and I don't want to go there. No, right? I don't want to like, be on that step list. Weekend, or weekend away with the step family and girlfriend. And it's, it's like, oh, no, this is not partners. <laughs> oh, God. So we've talked the Argento feel, the psychic connection, the coma connection. Um, other things on your list there that we have not talked about yet. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yet. Absolutely. Fucking um, that the fact that more of the padding winds up in Robert Culp piss jokes. Again, extended. Extended Robert Culp jokes and piss jokes where he's making jokes. Where What was that one joke where he says, hey, you know the difference between this is it? And he goes, what? Piss. <laughs> and then they just drive on. And later on, there's a, I got to pee. <laughs> and he gets off. And then, <coughs> again, the demise. The whole, like, fucking glockenspiel and ratchet music that's playing. Here comes Ricky. Not saying shit. The doctor comes out of nowhere, and you think, okay, it's going to be like a Loomis. Like, I shot him six times. Right. Like, let me help you, Ricky. No music, no nothing. Anticlimactic. Boom. Then later on, later on when Robert Culp finds the lad, finally, like, hey, maybe we should get an ambulance for this guy. It looks like he could use some help. His guts are on the outside. His guts. You got anything else to say? Don't be stupid. And I'm like, I should have told you this movie. I could have told you this. In fact, I've been telling you this. Stop being stupid. The whole chase. Now, yeah, we let's talk about the climax. Yeah. Because first of all, that's a very anticlimactic yeah. Doctor and Loomis relationship, yeah. right? You'd think like something. Second of all, if you already have a psychic connection with a person who's known for using the shin, and then the whole she had this whole like shin flashback with the grandma mm -hmm. where she's like the power is inside you all along. Use your power. We've seen cool shit like that in uh, Friday 7, right? Absolutely. Use the power again. Maybe tighten up that brain thing. I'm waiting the whole time. It's right I there. I want to see it start bubbling and bubbling boiling. And, or, and then finally explode. Explodes. Yes. Right? That's, yes. That would, okay, I'll be like, all right, cool. Movie, you're all right with me if that happens. So use the power, use your shin. And she's over there. She's like, uh, and apparently she knows the place like the back of her hand, but she doesn't know how to get out the back fucking door after she pulled the bait and switch on him, right? Mm -hmm. So she's about to escape, and she goes downstairs where she's going to get locked in the basement. She leaves the door wide open. It's got to be in the middle of the fucking day. All the lights are on except the one in the back of the basement. She grabs a stick, psh, Butts it out, and she goes, ha-ha, now you're in the dark. Welcome to my world. Now you're seeing what I see, right? Because apparently she's got some daredevil shit going on because she can see jump scares before they happen, right? Because, like, in the whole doctor's office, that's a whole different thing. You're in the dark now. But the thing is, no, he's fucking not. No, the whole, like, is. there's, like, a, the, he's got in the background, like, a little kid with a mirror in the background. Aziz, light! Because, like, <laughs> there is so much backlight coming in. It looks like it's broad fucking day. And she's trying to hide, and he's, like, she, and she's over, like, and he's, like, Laura. She's, like, you can't find me. You can't see me. Fucking everybody can fucking see you. You're right there you know what i'm saying and i understand you're trying to play the game and all that stuff but at the same time and how is she foiled because she's about to swing and i'm thinking that he's not there she thinks that he's a mattress 
And the other thing, the mattress. Why does grandma have a freak bed in the bottom of her basement? Because that, that mattress had like chains and shit attached to it. There were some some unanswered questions happening in that basement where <laughs> I'm afraid that grandma's legacy may be tainted a little when turns out she had a sex dungeon. Grandma gets down. She's got well, a fucking dirty bunker in the did face. She, yeah, did she have like, you know, the orgy under the stairs? Right, fucking she said the grandma from fucking in the mouth of mad has got that old man just trapped down. <laughs> fucking grandma there having key parties and shit. Fucking pineapple pie is what it's called. They're having <laughs> Come on over for our pineapple bake-offs, Martha. Bring, bring all the shady pine. Fucking just old society. Just like fucking free. God damn, that's the episode of like that's the Christmas episode of real sex. Damn it, it's it's probably out there too. That's the problem. Oh holy shit, if that's your kink, cool. But like, no, I don't. No, it's I, but that's the problem. Grandma's got the freak bed downstairs. Much like the MLK picture, is why this someone's place is someone basic? Or are they a freak? I mean, like if they're a freak, they're like a. Well, the, you can film anywhere you want, except in the southwest corner of the basement. Well, we gotta go there. Uh, we won't focus on anything. Okay, nobody will notice. Meanwhile, we're over like, okay, there's a freak bed in the fucking basement, right? So anyway, so she's got the shin powers ready to go. She's not making shit fly. She's not into his mind doing a a Professor X style. No. What does she do? She turns off a light and, and swings and hits a mattress. And then they're like, "Use your power." When she swings and hits the mattress, she breaks the pool cue, the uh, pool cue that she has, and she holds it up. Here comes fucking Ricky Stein, right? Ricky Stein co- comes in like, Rrr! he's about to lean down. I, for, I think for love. We don't know if he's gonna kiss her, because right. he's never really said that he's wanted to kill her. No, there's he's never made intention that he was gonna attack her. Means something beyond. to him, yes. right? So there's no really like he might say, ah, me friend, right? For all we know. So, but at the same time, yeah, he just kind of killed almost everybody, right? He's like, eh, I don't know if he slips. I don't know if he falls. We don't really see anything. The next thing we know, we see a knife come through a denim and then vunk, he passes out just dead. But we've already seen him. Take, take a shotgun blast, dead square to the oh, chest, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. We already know he has supernatural strength, right? We already know that he's fucking brought back from the dead by science, right? Does she brain him in the jaw? Ju- and she knows she's seen him that he's got weird brain things going on. Did she like open up the jar and let the goo out? No. Stabbed him. Here comes everything. Robert Culp says, I don't know how you did it, but you did it. And I'm like, what does that fuck fuck one? How do you know he did it? You know, because I even think they said, oh, we can get life support. He's still alive or something like that. But they didn't flesh it out. Right. We're leaving that opening there to the continuing adventures. I don't know how you did it, but you did it. And she's like, I guess so. Pad, pad, pad. Looks out the window. Merry Christmas. And then. And I'm like, okay, there's Silent Night, Deadly Night 3, I guess. The end of the trilogy. Merry Christmas. But no. Then we see Rick, uh, Ricky Stein come out of, like, just uh, dressed to the nines. Dressed to the nine, tuxedo and everything. And a happy new year. Credits. The fuck? What just happened? What just happened? What just happened? 
Padding. 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 Punish. It's a peculiar entry, especially, and again, knowing where we're going, knowing where we came from, this is the oddity. Weirdly enough, this is the oddity of the franchise. Yes, yes. And giving how odd we're going to get. This is the outlier of the franchise. Which, to me, uh, is this the Halloween 3 of the group? Because it's not necessarily, because it's Halloween 3, I like Halloween 3. Right. It's it's cool. This one's... And... Again, I'm not saying it was wasted time because I actually had a good time watching it with you based on the journey, everything we experienced, but it's just, it's a weird one. And it's that one I'm glad I have taken in, but I don't know if I'm going to come back to this one all that no, often. No, I'm going to go back to two and more often than this one. I'm going to go, I'm definitely going to go back to like four and five. Well, I don't know, we'll get to five. <laughs> We'll get to five. Don't go that. Don't go into that doorway yet, my no, friend. We'll get to five. 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 Weird. We're gonna <laughs> go places. Definitely. But this movie went places, but not the places that I liked. I mean, and, and I can even say you went to one, two, four, and five. That went places that I didn't expect, and I wound up mm-hmm. liking it. This places went to places, and I was like, this is not what I expected. I don't know if I like it here, and it wasn't necessarily. Like, Boo this movie. No, no, you no. You know, no. wasn't that at all. I mean, I was like, I, I don't feel like I wasted time because I'm definitely can talk about shit. There's definitely some things to talk about. Let's just put it this way. We've run well over the time from the movie we enjoyed with Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. <laughs> if that gives you any indication. Oh, shit. That movie was, yeah, padded. We padded this episode for padding of the movie. Befitting. It's appropriate. Befitting. Now, listen, in terms of I'm glad I now have filled in that gap <laughs> of the entirety of this franchise, because now I can, we say, can say we finally see uh, all of them, all of it, the whole franchise, the entire the celebration is the Silent Night, Deadly Night catalog, uh, even including the remake, including actually do not mind the remake. In fact, it played as a Christmas with the nerds for us one mm-hmm. year, wasn't it? Well, like, didn't we kick off six that? It, and we ended with six? Yeah, and, yeah I think so, so. Yeah. So it's it's, it's been part. Mm-hmm. The very DNA of this show and all of our traditions. Now, that being said, moving towards next week and looking towards the next week. <laughs> yeah, this is. We th- got fucked with. So now we can come back and say, don't fuck with this, man. And this is the one that has altered so much. Started with Shudder. Glad it's shown up here on the main feed. We're going to talk a little about a little man named Clint. <laughs> We're going to get buggy. We're going to bug out with Clint Howard. So until that time, this is Greg D. Oh, I got to go get my mask. Oh, no. God, you got a mask. (laughs) And I'm Genius McGee. God help you, and we'll see you in your dreams. (laughs) 